Welcome to the Model Me podcast. My name's Natasha. Model Me is all about educating and empowering creatives, whether that be that you're an actor, a photographer, or a designer, whether you run a startup company or you do all of the above. Model Me is all about education and empowerment, and the name comes from being a better role model of yourself. What you can expect on this podcast is an honest, authentic conversation that will probably have some strong opinions, a lot of love, and always a good focus on how to build a positive frame of mind. That is who we are at Model Me. Community is at the core of everything that we do. I'm Natasha, I'm an actress, and sometimes I'm a model, and I'm the director and founder of Model Me. I was pursuing modeling for nearly three years and during my time as a model, I saw how the creative industry had a huge lack of encouragement, a huge lack of support, and I wanted to create a solution to solve that problem. This is the Model Me Podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to the next Zoom recording Model Me Podcast. Now, this is the current normal for us. So in the essence of still wanting to prosper in my life and in isolation, and I still want my business to grow and I still want to create an impact, I have decided to be doing our podcasts on Zoom. And so I've been inviting people that I wanted to do podcasts with anyway. So it just made sense to um, invite the guys that I have on today. Um, I love sharing the story of how I've met people. So I'm going to share that with you guys. But I am so blessed that I have a part-time job in this time that is just really treating their employees really incredibly well. I work at a members club in Soho um, and I am so thankful that I have that part-time job for many, many, many reasons, especially in this season. And one of the reasons is because I get to network with such, such really incredible inspirational people. And I'm a nosy bugger. If you've met me, you know I'm mad inquisitive. Um, I love to talk and I love to listen. So I first met one of the three guys that we've got on today. So we're really going for it on the Zoom and we're really going to make it work. But I first met um, Tiago at work, oh my gosh, months ago. And then I think I met Dan with him and then I met Sam. And then I realized that they were personal trainers because I think I probably asked them what the logo was on their t-shirt, which is called Common Purpose. And then we got talking. And of course, you know, if you know Model Me and you know me, Natasha, then you know I'm crazy about fitness and that fitness is one of Model Me's values. So naturally we started talking and we got to a place where I actually did a podcast with Common Purpose and that was so much fun. And I loved um, doing this interview with them. And then we kind of went into lockdown. So any thoughts of us doing a physical fitness event kind of had to be paused. So now we're actually talking about doing stuff on Instagram Live for all of you. And obviously there's three of them and they have this concept of four pillars, which we're going to go into. So it's actually really amazing how we're managing to do stuff online. And the guys have just launched an incredible um, online platform where they're doing workouts on Zoom, this thing called Exercise Snacks, which is so cool and very different to what other people are doing. So today I just wanted to get the guys on, give a bit of an introduction, you know, who they are, where they've come from and of course um just applaud them really and like take our hats off to you because the fitness industry is for me one of the most inspirational industries right now because the way that people are putting themselves on the line you know I can imagine that you three have all had days where you don't want to get up and be on camera and work out but you've pushed through and you've persevered so I just really want to thank you first and foremost for being part of an industry that is not just inspiring me but thousands and hundreds loads of people all over the world and I'm so inspired by the way that people 
are really taking fitness seriously. So first and foremost, thank you. Um, and I think I'm just going to swing straight in. I'm going to go first, I think, to Sam. So Sam, I would love to know, like, first of all, how are you? And um, tell us about Common Purpose. How did it start? What are the intricate details of, you know, why you guys came together, etc.? Hey, Natasha. Um, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit up, down, left, right. I'm sure everybody is with the current situation. It's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Right. But I think there's a lot of silver linings um, within the situation. And um, yeah, that's kept me positive and kept me, I think, overall pretty happy and upbeat. Um, and I mean, yes, yeah, so I mean, answer to your first question. Uh, so, Common Purpose was started uh, in April. Um, yeah, April last year. So it's been going for a year, yeah, April wow. 2019. And it was started by myself and Tiago. I suppose we're the, the two founders in that case. But it wasn't just kind of started on a whim. It probably took about a year, maybe a year and a half of planning before mm. we actually had Common Purpose. And uh, we come around because... Uh, so Tiago and I were sort of freelance personal trainers, um, just working for ourselves like a lot of other personal trainers do. And uh, we were doing that for about three years. And there were certain situations where we would find that actually just being a one-man band was a bit limited. Mm. Uh, I mean, going on holiday or taking a bit of time off, it's really hard to take some time off. But you can't really put your clients' workouts and training on hold. Uh, so what we would do is we, we've known each other for a long time. We worked together um, previously in a gym where we were employed and we just had a lot of trust and um, I suppose a lot of companionship. Uh, we were friends. So when one would go away, the other one would look after our clients for a bit and provide support for our, um, for our, for our team. And uh, yeah, I, th I suppose just it's quite a lonely job. Yeah. Um, working on your own and being a freelancer is lonely. So we would, <laughs> just out of uh, need for a bit of companionship, we'd just hang out. And I suppose we sort of discovered that our, our values, our targets, our objectives were all aligned. And yeah, it, we eventually got fully booked, couldn't go anywhere else and thought, what should we do? Uh, how can we make our service better? And we created Common Purpose. And I mean, I'm not sure if you can see from the logo, but I'll stand a little bit up closer. Yeah. So the name Common Purpose, it's, we wanted to really make it um, uh, sort of all, in, all inclusive, um, sort of very um, single layered business where everyone is equal. Um, I think that, and studies show that people improve and progress um, by peer support. So if they see their friend getting slimmer or getting stronger, that in turn motivates them. And, you know, if you as a client are having any struggles or issues, just having someone to sort of bounce ideas off really helps. So it, we really want it to be a big community. So it's everyone training with the same common purpose and everyone aligned and working in harmony. Um, the sort of logo is a circle, um, which hopefully sort of can portray those core values. And I'm not sure if you can see, but the circle intersects the two O's in common and purpose. It's a little throw to me and Tiago. Um, but it's also, um, I suppose it looks a little bit like the atom because there is a little bit of a scientific sort of twang to what we do. 
Yeah. Um, in order to get like the best results, we really do have to sort of follow the current uh, best knowledge and evidence-based practices. So, yeah, there is a little bit of a scientific edge to it, which I'm sure Tiago will give us a thumbs up for because he was very, very specific about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think it's, I completely agree with what you're saying. That's so relevant what you said about, um, you know, people not being like with people, other people when they're working so much. And a lot of creatives have that same thing, you know, a lot of creatives mm. are freelance working on their own all the time. And I think it it is, can be incredibly lonely. I mean, it feels quite ironic that I'm saying yeah. that right now. <laughs> when, uh, all in isolation and everybody's lonely anyway. Um, totally. No, no, I rebuke that. I rebuke that. We're not lonely, guys. This is just a, a season of becoming your best friend. I heard that not long ago and I was like, <laughs> um, and you're right. There's so many, seri- like, I have this quote, serious silver linings um, in what's happening in quarantine. And I just think that um, it's really important for us to constantly shed light on that situation. And I love that you're a company that have each other's, you know, support anyway, and you've found ways to, you know, still come together. And, you know, you're such a physical business, really, and you've really had to, you know, force yourself online. And I'm exactly the same as a business. So um, Mm. it's definitely been a challenge. But, you know, of course, I think the best way that we can look at this, for me, I'm like looking at how companies are going to adapt and how they're going to survive through this. And if you can survive this season, then as a business, like, you are going to win always. And I really, really believe and totally. hope for that. So mm-hmm. um, love that. I love a beginner journey. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, I think a good link from that um, is, let's talk about why as a three did you decide to come together? Obviously, you know, holidays was part of it. Um, you know, you wanted to make sure that you still had your clients and looking after them. So I really love that that was at the forefront. Um, was that one of the main reasons or was it also because you know, you thought, actually, there's so much more power in having three of us together than one. Yeah, I think, I think, oh, Tiago here. Yeah, I think, I think Sam <laughs> kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of like that initial seed, that initial problem that we thought was best solved if you're a part of a team, which is just basic cover. Um, being a PT, you're so, so emotionally invested in your clients and their clients and your clients' goals, or at least a, a, a good caring PT is. Mm. And that was the big problem that we needed to solve initially but really we got thinking we just found you know in any kind of freelance position I think that 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 kind of client coach relationship it can be very easy to kind of create your own ecosystem you know as 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 much as you might be the best read you might go in all the courses quite easy to create like an ecosystem of thought or, or or principles or positions so we also just felt for the benefit of our client, it's important they get, you know, they really do get the best practice out there. And the best way we can do that is to like, almost incorporate an, a team-like infrastructure into their service, where although, you know, they might work with me during the hour, really that program and everything that's gone behind that program has had three really good trainers look at it, question it, not just the program, but even how we talk to clients Mm. You know, there's three of us so we, one thing we often do is if we're trying to if we're trying to promote a healthy habit in someone we'll kind of collude together behind the scenes and drop little comments towards that client over a week and they don't know that we're deliberately dropping it from like three different angles mm. so we kind of create this like you know like multi-pronged approach um i also think there's just there's the 
kind of operational reality you know like we we, we really want to make common purpose something that can grow and, and serve many many more people and there's a reality where i'm sure if you found as you found like you can only do what you can do really well yeah and rather than trying to become okay at a lot of things there are definite aspects of in like our business and how we service our clients where it's like t that is what you do nail it dan that's what you do nail it and sam that's what you do really well nail it so you know it's it's not just about kind of spreading the workload it's also just about like maximizing the skills we all have i mean i, I would definitely describe ourselves as um as much as we work really, really well, I think it's fair to say we're all very, very different. Mm. Uh, very, very different. Um, so yeah, I think why we work as a three, um, I almost think, why would you not work in a team? Yeah. You know, that's almost my way of looking at it. I understand that, you know, partnering with someone else is an emotional, is, is this huge emotional investment in someone else. Um, and it's quite intimidating. So I, I understand this initial kind of, inhibitors if you like but i think if you are lucky enough to have people around you that you have that much trust in not just as professionals but as people like why not work together you will achieve so much more together than you would alone completely agree i completely agree i think delegation and you know deciding who does what really well is such a key factor in wanting to grow in a really um successful and healthy way as a business and i think you know, ever since, you know, I got ambassadors and I started to, you know, branch out certain things with ambassadors, I just, I very quickly realized that I couldn't run a company that with the vision that I had, do you know what I mean? Like on my own, like I needed to have people that, you know, not one girl can reach, you know, millions of people all over the world. Like I have one voice, which is of course good, but I needed other people to be talking about us when I was so um, passionate about making sure that we grew off a word of mouth concept first in London. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. online is a different; it's a completely different circumstance. Um, and you can, of course, with one voice, reach the world. Of course, but um, a lot of people, I think, on if you think about Instagram growth, it isn't just one person that's like plugging their own voice every day. It's actually a matter of other people finding that they love that person and then sharing and tagging and showing all their friends. And then before you know it, they've got millions of followers. So it it, like sharing through word of mouth is different on social media of course but it's that same concept of finding something you love and talking about it and sharing it and so I think that's totally. really also successful way for three of you yeah. to be you know and bigging each other up too and I, I love the way that you're kind of like plotting for your clients um yeah, yeah. I mean that's a massive aspect of what we do um is and as you know I, I think you, you you kind of nailed on the head like there's only so far that one voice can can go yeah and not just voice but skills and what you can actually physically get done in a day and um you know just look you know obviously putting aside the current situation you know like i think the proof is in our pudding you know with in terms of how we've grown as a business over the past year as you probably seen we've only kind of come online recently mm. and really put in some effort and just putting our own heads together our skills together creating that kind of that mini club like feel where you know when the client comes to the gym they're not just greeted by me but they've got like they've got two three people every time they come into the gym going how you doing well done great to see you here t's mentioned you're doing this that client like gets a real buzz that they're not just here to see a person they are here as part of a mini club yeah clients speak to one another they kind of amp each other they compete against one another um and as sam said like that kind of community feel is is 
is massive. We are far more accountable to our peers than we are to our superiors. Does that, if that makes sense? Yeah. Like you don't want to let your teammate down. You never want to let your colleague down. You never want to let your friend down as yeah. opposed to your coach, your teacher, your mum and dad. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. So we, we want to kind of create that amongst clients where a client gets so comfortable with you as a trainer that they can almost be like, I haven't done X, I haven't done Y. Mm. Whereas if you put the two peers next to each other and one fella's like pulling this man away off the floor, the other one's like, wow, like, I really need to buck up. I really need to like dig in and I really need to get my sessions in, etc." So yeah, I think, I think we all, we're sociable creatures and we all thrive in sociable situations. And yeah. I think this is not exclusive to that. Yeah, I no, I completely agree. I love the way that you're explaining it. It's very cool. So um, I'm going to switch now to a bit more of a business question, which I think will be helpful for any any fitness person listening. Um, so Sam, I want to ask you, you know, do you all train the same person? Like, does the same person that's part of your program touch bases with all of you? And how did you build that client base? Was it through word of mouth? Yeah, predominantly. Uh, I think every business um, will grow best through just people spreading the good word. It's the best way to to grow any business, I think. And um, uh, I think how it kind of tends to happen is each client will have like a lead trainer. And it tends to be the person that does their sort of initial consultation. I think the first time in a gym or plucking up the confidence to come and start improving your fitness and um, your body takes a bit of courage and you might feel a little bit lacking in confidence a bit nervous and I think the initial contact that you get is always the strongest mm. and we, we we do recognize that and yeah we really do make sure that every client has their lead trainer however like Tiago was saying that um, each person has a set of skills that's slightly different um, I'm good at certain things, Dan's good at others. And I think just to sort of like arc back to what Tiago said, that um, when we grew to three people, uh, we didn't go for like a bit of an interview process. We just knew straight away who we wanted. Mm. Um, we've worked with Dan for years. We've known Dan for years. And he is a real purist. He does it out of love for the industry, love for people. And he's in a lot of a lot of things better than us. It keeps me and Tiago true too. And it, there just isn't anyone better than Dan to sort of uh, bring on board. And I think the first sort of um, partnership, as it were, um, has to be really someone quite special. And uh, and that's Dan. So, um, but yeah, recently we extended our... Um, lead generation um, into a little bit more digital so we, our website's been set up we've been working on trying to get that higher up on the google rankings which has been a real journey because that's uh, i mean at the end of the day we're personal trainers and not website specialists so we've had to really learn how that system works um but it's also there's an element of like getting to know how you best market yourself there's so many different ways I mean, as you know, Natasha, there's social avenues, there's um, writing newspapers, leaflet dropping, there's walking into businesses. There's so many different ways that you can do it. Right. And it's taken us a little bit of time to figure out what works best for us. Mm. And um, we had, in January, our very first customer sign up 
through the website, which so was cool. amazing, which is really, really cool. We've extended beyond the word of mouth um, yeah, by yes. generating business. And uh, we've only got a very low social presence. Um, and I suppose one of the silver linings to this situation is that we all have to get on camera and be comfortable talking on camera yeah. and actually comfortable with technology. So I think it's a quite an exciting time because as you know, we've already done so much in the last couple of weeks. We've completely pivoted our business, so it's completely online. Mm. We're, we're offering um, free Instagram live classes. We've figured out how to make it all work and what camera angles work. And, uh, yeah, it's really sort of extended our sort of um, our knowledge and extended our way of, I suppose, trying to generate leads and bring in more clients. Yeah, that's so good. I think it's so powerful how you're talking about how you've adapted. And I just think, you know, we we just have to kind of look forward in this situation. And I think yeah. like one of the things that um, I had a business kind of mentoring call last night. And one of the questions we got asked is, oh, my gosh, I want to get it right. It was. <laughs> Basically, what does life look like? What does the new normal look like uh, for you? So after lockdown, you know, what are the things that you're going to, you know, keep in place? And what are the things that you, you're not going to keep in place? And I think, you know, like I told you, I read something this morning that 9% of Britons um, want it to go back to how it was before. But, you know, 91% of people want a completely different new life, basically. Crazy. Um, which I think is amazing. I think we're being challenged more than ever as, you know, human beings, especially in, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know about every culture and every country in the world, but definitely in this country, I think, especially in London, we needed a, we needed a shake up and trust me, like I'm living on my own right now. I don't see people. I, you know, leave the house once a day for my nice mm. run or walk, whatever I'm doing. So trust me, if I, if there's anything I want to do is I want to see people. I want to see my family. Of course I do. I want to, I want normality more than ever, but what is normality now? Like this is normality. And so I've had to like get myself to a place of, you know, pep talking myself to like, hon, this is the new normal. Like you can't look back. You know, we always say to ourselves, don't look back. You know, there's no point looking back. Like the past is gone, like move on, look forward. And now I feel like I finally got to a place this week. Like for me, it's week four. It's about week uh, not week it's like day 36 or something ridiculous I can't who knows, <laughs> who knows what day it is. Yeah. Um, of me kind of like you know being in this situation and now I'm like all right this is my normal now this is what I have to prosper in and I have to choose to actively make that decision every day to win the day and that's kind of one of the things that I've really just been trying to do and of course I'm human sometimes I get to the end of the day and I'm like I'm so glad one more day is done and I'm one more day closer to being out of this. And other times I'm like, I need another six hours to do everything. I need to do. <laughs> and I never thought I'd say that, you know, I'm on my own all the time. But anyway, um, I'd really love to talk about, you know, the four pillars um, because I think this is really interesting. So can you just break down uh, what the four pillars are for us? I was going to do it, but it's always better coming from the brand. Um, and have you, individually got one each that you're more passionate about let's say um yeah <laughs> you know so i mean the four pillars for us are um they're, they're, i suppose they're four aspects that we need to really try and affect for all of our clients to get the best success that sticks and hopefully you know changes their life for the better really um and it's obviously number one exercise 
Uh, number two, nutrition. Number three, recovery. And then number four, mindset. Now, I, we do tend to gravitate to a particular pillar um, individually. Um, I really love people. I find people fascinating. Um, and I do think that like personal training is not necessarily the most up-to-date research of training plan for a fat loss routine and then give it to everybody. Right. You know, someone like uh, Joe Wicks, for example, will do a workout for, I think he had like almost a million people turn yeah. up. So it's one workout, a million people. Mad. But personal training is one person, one trainer. How yeah. do we get that person in the best shape possible? And in order to get that training plan right there's so many little nuances you've got to adapt and change and each individual going to have is going to have particular battles and certain things to overcome and for me that's why i think the mindset stuff is what i sort of gravitate to so i just really really enjoy each individual and i know you sort of said about what sort of aspects of life are we going to keep the same after this situation but i really can't wait to see everyone uh, I miss them so much, and um, I think this situation has really sort of taught us to. We would normally sort of train people two, three, four times a week, so it's four hours out of a was it 168 hours in a week? I think it is. Oh, you know the maths better than me. <laughs> and I've used that line a few times. <laughs> um, nowadays, um, the sort of apps that we've got in place and the online system, we're actually probably affecting way more many hours in everyone's yeah. week so we've actually been able to sort of although we're sort of so separate yeah. and we really miss everyone and everyone misses the one-on-one -on -one sort of aspects to what we do we've actually probably influenced a lot more hours of their week if that makes sense yeah well, so I think that's that's how we'll sort of change how we do things I think we'll actually probably be even better at what we do when we go back to this yeah I think that for me the fitness industry i I personally have a bit of a crazy optimism perspective on life anyway. That's just who I am mm. as a person. Um, and even in this season, even in my darkest moments, I have I managed to find some sort of oh, joy and peace in the situation. And I don't know how, I mean, I, I do know how, but we will talk about that another day. Um, so I've been thinking, you know, what industry, I've been thinking obviously about the industries that I kind of, I'm really familiar with. And I honestly don't think the fitness industry is going to suffer. I think in the long term, I think it will, they will really bounce back. And I think that mm. people will remember now who was doing stuff to keep people, Definitely. you know, fit, healthy, mm. mentally well, um, all of it. I think people are really going to remember you for example and all the other gyms and all the other trainers that are doing stuff to put themselves out there a lot of these people aren't getting paid you know to do this live stuff like I know that your guys are doing completely free on um, Instagram and it's it's a commitment you know of course it still takes time you're still working and planning and doing all this other stuff that you would do if you were getting paid but if anything and you know you can't see people working out when you do an Instagram live so you don't even you can't correct people so I can imagine it's probably quite frustrating because you're like yeah. ah I don't even know <laughs> um so i can see uh, there's definitely a, a frustration in that but i personally think and believe even though it's weird because i trained nearly every day anyway and i always did classes before whereas now i'm training 
sometimes you know I'm exercising three times a day if I go for a walk and then I do two workouts at home I'm finding maybe I'm exercising more I have more time obviously I'm not commuting I don't have to shower after the gym in my gym before I come home I just shower here so in some respects it's so interesting because I'm like how come I'm training more and I still have all this working time and I think it's that element of knowing I can squeeze a workout in in 40 minutes at home so as much as I do think there might be an element of people afterwards going um, you know what I haven't got time for the gym but that's no excuse I can still work out and I think that's really healthy I also think that you know gyms and personal trainers I, I'm hoping and personally believing that they won't suffer because people will more than ever you know there's certain things that I'm picking up in um you know in isolation certain exercises and I'm like am I doing that right so my first point of call is I want to go and train with a human and be like I was doing this in isolation did I do it right like I'm, I'm not sure can you correct me um so things like that, you know, I just, and I honestly, I can't wait to do bar with a proper bloody bar. Um, oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to train and I can't wait to do boxing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've got a list. Anyway. I was just going to quickly like chime in and like you, you mentioned, you know, you, you train three times a day because you realise you can just fit it in. You don't have to shower. And I think there's one thing I hope that everyone takes from this is, and this is coming from a personal trainer who, whose core profession is centred around bespoke progressive progress right is i think sometimes we can become so neurotic on the details you kind of want to grab someone and shake them and just be like just just start just do something yeah and you feel better yeah worry about the details less worry about them later and i really hope if there's one thing this thing has taught us is just going out and moving even if it's just for a walk don't you feel a hell of a lot better yeah isn't that a lesson to be learned like it wasn't programmed it wasn't like the latest studio or the latest ebook or the latest app it was you just got out and just walked and just looked at the truth a little bit you know you just you just appreciate the fact you're out and i really hope that's something we can learn that when we kind of go back to prescribing movement snacks for people is people realize it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be an hour yeah it doesn't have to be like i've got to find 90 minutes of my day it can be it can it can be five minutes it can be 10 minutes 15 minutes it really doesn't have to be perfect it just has yeah. to happen you know? yeah so, and that's yeah. why I, I like what you guys are um, pushing so much. And it it actually reminds me of Joe Wicks. I know we just mentioned him. I love that guy, man. I am so here for him. Like, I am so pro Joe Wicks. It's unreal. Like, I love what he's doing. I love how he's helping people. And his goal is to just get people moving. You know, he doesn't want people to become, you know, bodybuilders or anything. Like, he's not obsessed with this idea of people, you know, sweating loads or anything like that. It's just about moving. That's his goal, right? And I think... That is such an incredible, you know, just commitment that he's had to people. And, you know, me and my friend were talking about him yesterday. Apparently she was saying that apparently he turned down some major, like, I don't know, partnership deal with someone because he was just like, I don't think it supports my community. And I was like, that right there is a good brand. Now, financially, he ain't got to worry anyway. So maybe he's in that position. Yeah. I I've always had this impression with from Joe Wicks and I think you guys have a very similar standard as well is he knows who he is. He knows what his values are. He knows what his brand message is. And when you know that, and when you, you know, you know what you need to say yes to and what you say no to the rest of it is a bit easier because you don't derive and you're not in and out and you're not like confused. And for me at model me, we've just realigned our you know vision and our um, values and stuff. And, again, it just becomes so much clearer. People might message me and go, hey, I want to do this. I'm like, no, it's not aligned with us, you know? Like, there are certain 
there aren't many, but fitness is a core value, but there's a couple of workouts where they just don't align with me as a brand. And I'm like, no, sorry, like that's just not how it works. If I'd never made that time to sit down and write down my list of values and my list of things that we do and don't do, I would never know what to say, right? And so with you guys, what I really love is you've gone, right, here's our four pillars. This is what we do. We're all passionate about one of them more so than the other, but we're all aware of it. And we we work as a team and we really communicate. So I think going on to that, Dan, we haven't even heard from you yet. I love that. (laughs) Get Dan involved, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let me, um... You're all good? Hello? Hello, Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm good, yeah. It's uh, it's a little bit, you know, no pressure with the other two guys. They speak so well. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sort of sat there. I'm yeah. listening to it as if I'm a fan. And I'm like, this is great. I'm loving life. And then, oh, all of a sudden, I'm getting a, I'm getting a question thrown at me. <laughs> yeah. so funny. You just be yourself, hon. We love you for who you are. Um, <laughs> So I really, I want to throw a curveball and take it on a bit more of a focus with you because obviously um, recovery is one of your pillars, which I think for me personally, not enough people talk about. So mm. what does that look like for you? And why was it so important that you made sure recovery was one of your pillars? Well, I think it was just, we, Sam, T and I have amassed a ton of one-on-one personal training with, with a ton of clients over the past five, six, seven years, I think even more for Sam. And these four pillars came out of all of that experience. Um, and it just whistled down into these four archetypes um, that we felt were really, really important for someone to kind of stick to or even just be aware of and conscious of to make progress. So that's the whole point for us is to get clients to make progress, to, to get them better tomorrow than they were today. Um, recovery is a big one in that it's so, I think it's just so underrated. Mm. I think that people look at progress as a linear line. They look at it as, is that just straight line from, from zero to a hundred straight line. If you actually inspect it a little bit, progress is real, really wiggling. It's, it's up and down, it's in and out and you know, life is like that. But if you almost think of it as like three steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, one step back. That one step back allows for the next three steps forward. Yeah, so, nice. You know, the, the idea is that you're only as fit as the, the workout that you can recover from. If you're constantly burnt out, and, and people think of recovery as in, you know, recovering from a workout, but it's actually just switching off. Mm. You know, our, our, our nervous systems are just on, just all the time. That, that, that constant cortisol level is just ticking over and ticking over. And that can be quite, you know, high, high consistent cortisol levels can be quite toxic to a, to a lot of things. Our immune system is one of them. Um, so, you know, in order to make the adapt, adaptations that are required, I think adequate recovery is needed. And it's just so underrated. That's why it's, that's definitely why it's one of our pillars. And which one of the pillars do you think people struggle with the most? Do you think they struggle with recovery the most? I think... With our clients, yeah, I think wow. it's one of I think it's one of the ones because because they just um, they don't see it as I think you need quite a lot of forward thinking to to appreciate it as a pillar. Mm-hmm. I just think it's underappreciated. It's underrated, underappreciated because people think if I do more, then I will get more. Yeah. Whereas actually, there's there's definitely an art of holding back. There's an art of taking your foot off the gas a little bit because. 
a lot of times I think we're, we're, we're spent with our foot stamp, slamming down on the accelerator and almost our other foot on the brake. Mm. And we're just not really going anywhere. We're spending a lot of energy, but we're not really going anywhere. So just being able to just ease off a little bit, take both feet off and then go again, reset a little bit. I, I do think it's, it's definitely one of the most underrated uh, of the pillars for sure. I love that. And I think actually, you know, even in this season, like I just said, you know, I might have exercised three times yesterday and whatever, but I have told myself also like, so today, obviously I did a long run tomorrow I'll train, but Sunday I'll just do my get out the house once kind of walk. It won't be a a walk for exercise. It's more kind of for my mental health. And I think because of this isolation, I have had to, you know, I couldn't, I didn't train for, um, it was about a week because I was unwell. So when I could train again, oh no, I actually decided about 10 days to not basically exercise. I was doing walks after a week. And then it's been something where I have been trying to find that balance where I don't overwork myself, you know, because I'm, that's just my nature. That's who I am. Um, Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) What I'm loving is I am resting more because I've never slept so much in my life. Like I, you know, me from before and I, I didn't sleep. Like I would have five hours sleep a night and I'd just get on with it. And by the fourth night I'd be like, I need to sleep now. And even then I would only have seven or eight hours, you know, it wasn't like a, I mean, obviously the science behind not sleeping 12 hours anyway. Um, (laughs) But so I just want to throw in a curveball question. Like, can we talk quickly about sleep and how important that is? Oh, it's it's massive. It really is. I mean, I got introduced to that guy called Matthew Walker, who uh, wrote a book called Why We Sleep. Um, Very good book. Quite, um, quite harsh in his judgment on it. As in, he, he doesn't, he doesn't think that people should, ever have less than eight hours of sleep he thinks it's a complete imperative and to be honest you know there's a lot of science to back him up but what i do think happens there is is people number one they become anxious about sleeping and the more anxious you become about sleeping the less you're going to be able to sleep it's like when you're lying in bed and you're thinking about going to sleep but you can't because you're thinking about going to sleep so i think that it that conversation happens but for me and for us as a company we do advocate, you know, if you're consistently getting less than six hours a night, that is a big limiting factor in a lot of things, in the ability to learn, your cognitive ability, the ability to communicate well, the ability to, you know, if you've got a meeting the next day and you're walking in on four hours sleep, you're not going to be sharp, you're not going to be switched on. It's the same with it's the same with that. Yeah. So people people kind of think of it as like you know you're going to be physically tired, but mentally you, you really suffer for it as well. And it's that consistent um, consistent lack of sleep that really piles up. Um, so it's it's definitely a staple of that recovery pillar. It's one of the minimum standards that we like. You, you just need to address that. Get a good routine going on, and just give yourself the opportunity to to sleep more than six hours. You know that that's just so so important for so many different things but yeah it's it's up there it's up there and we know that in london people don't like to sleep so (laughs) yeah Yeah, well that's the thing just being switched on all the time right go on sorry go on there no carry on now i was going to chime in and say i think you mentioned earlier natasha like you didn't sleep a lot before and just going on to what like adding on to what dan was saying i think we, we almost have to with every conversation remember to convince people that it's almost like an investment strategy i think sometimes people see sleeping more as losing hours from the day 
Yeah. yeah. And we have to go through the process of like teaching someone, sleeping an extra two hours almost gets you an extra two hours back of productivity in the day. Yeah. As a you know, and sacrificing sleep does not buy you more time in the day. It maybe buys you more time chronologically, but in terms of output, yeah. not at all. You've almost got to have, you've almost got to instill that confidence that if someone can get into a sleep and better regime, the hours they are awake are so much more productive. And also, yeah. also just happier. We're happier yeah. when we're less tired. Just better moods. <laughs> but yeah, as, as I completely agree. As, as an investment, um, it's like people say, I was in the office for 14 hours. So, okay, all right, fine. But how many of those hours were you actually effective? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's like, well, maybe two. You know, and then what are you doing for the rest of the 12? It's just, it's almost bragging rights that I was in the office for this amount of time. It's like, well, could you, if you could have done that work that you did in 14 hours, in six hours, because you had a good night's sleep or you were well rested and you were sharp and you were efficient, you know, the, the, the extra two hours in bed justify, they save you seven hours the next day, six hours the next day. Mm-hmm. So it's that investment. It's, it's almost, we're very short-term thinkers. We don't, we don't think about, you know, that investment that we're making and then the payoff of that. And that sleep is definitely an investment for sure. Mm. Wow. This is uh, yeah. so many notes that I'm taking. I love it. Um, <laughs> so what's one of the things that, I mean, because I could list many and that's, mm. and that's just coming from, you know, I'm not a professional in the fitness industry. I'm just someone that loves working out. I love all the benefits that you get from it. Um, so for me, it's, you know, I want, I'd love to know from a personal trainer point of view, what are the most frustrating theories that fly around that if you wish you could delete them from our memories and delete them from ever existing, um, what would they be? Who are you going to ask that to? Me? That's your question. That is my question. Oh, yeah. okay. I've thrown um, you off, haven't I? I think, I think, <laughs> I think Tiago is going to have a, a good couple in there. Um, I think that to feel, I think that it's the idea that you have to, you have to almost be in pain when you're training. Mm. You have to push limits. You have to sweat and you have to break limits every single time. It's that grind and it's that constant, that, that whole idea, um, instead of being consistently with, I think it just puts a, a lot of people off. Yeah. They look at it and they're like, they have these expectations of what exercise is. And I think it was a lot of our, a lot of our clients, it was kind of drilled into them from when they were in PE. Like they just hark back to, to those times of feeling really uncomfortable and outside of their comfort zone and just like feeling terrible. And then it just ruins exercise for them, completely ruins it because it's got, I think in my mind, it's that militant, military type of training. Yeah. Where you have to grind it out. You have to be in pain. You have to be sweating in order to have a good, effective workout. It just isn't the case. Mm-hmm. And, and I, if I could just take that away. The other one is, I think, it's, it's, it's along the similar lines. It's a drill sergeant mentality. It's a, it's a shouting at and, and hovering over and judging and all those things, all those connotations that come with exercise. Again, I think hark back to, to a lot of people's school days yeah. where, they, where they had that, that PE teacher that they absolutely despised and they had got, you know, they had to run out in the rain and the freezing cold in the middle of winter 
around a park, you know, and it's just like those ideas of exercise, I really would just like to eradicate from people's minds. Yeah, and it's just, nice. and it's an expression, it's an, exp yeah. Think of it as an expression as your, you know, it's, it's almost a human right. It's an expression of your body. It's an expression of your, uh, of your emotion. It's, it's all these things. So I think if that was, if there was one thing I could, I could just eradicate from the fitness industry, that, that would be it. Um, I'm just going to chime in here, just before you, T. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to recite quite a few, but I, so this, this might actually show how all three of us bring a lot of balance to each other, because I'm going to say I want to leave the fitness industry just as it is. Um, I think that everyone likes to try and find their tribe. Mm. If you like the drill sergeant look and you like to do your military fitness in the park, that might be what gets you out of bed and motivated and gives you yeah. purpose. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, all of the research might say that it's wrong, but there's always an exception to every piece of research. Yeah. And those things can really change certain people's lives. I think what it is, is the only thing I would change is just ensuring that everything, or, or, I suppose it's sensible guidance and acceptance because I think the only thing with tr this tribal belief system is that when you identify with your tribe, you think everyone else is wrong. Mm. And that can create a little bit of friction. So I think like you, we mentioned about Joe and you know, Joe Wicks. Joe is a fantastic individual. What he's doing is sublime. Um, uh, but there is quite a few personal trainers out there that don't really like what he's doing. Yeah. Because he's different. Like I say, he yeah. does one workout for a million people. Personal mm. trainers are taught to do one workout for one individual. So it's a very different set of ethics. Yeah. But does it mean it's wrong? Mm. I, I, think, I think what I would say with that is I 100% think that if that works for you, that mentality, of you know, the, the drill sergeant mentality, if it works for mm. you, if you, if you respond to it, 100% go for it. What I want to eradicate is the is the the presupposition that that is required and that is absolutely necessary. Yeah, that's otherwise nice. otherwise you're not going to get anything out of it. That's what yeah. that's the thing that I want to eradicate. I don't then, want to eradicate that that whole that whole area of fitness because I do think that people really respond to it. People love it. People love getting their sweat on. People love almost getting shouted at. Sometimes they have this kind of you know mentality. But that's the tribe. That's the tribe. That's that tribe saying, yes. well, yeah. nothing else works if you don't train the same way as me. Yeah. Yeah. You know I, mean? I think it's like I say, it's, if the fitness industry could be a little bit more accepting and mm. caring and inclusive, mm. understanding that at the end of the day, everyone's got the same common purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jesus that could Christ. be a really powerful thing. But yeah. I would really like to hand this over to Tiago because Tiago will be able to speak at length with this question. <laughs> so just <laughs> pop him over to T. So, so I, I think I was just thinking like, oh my God, there's so much stuff I want to say. But, and then I started thinking, um, okay, what's, the, what's, the, what's an obscure thing that maybe someone else hasn't said? And I, I just went down a tangent. So I think if there's one thing I'd like to eradicate, it's not just from the fitness industry. I think it's from just most things we do to better ourselves. It's this concept of willpower and change, right? I think we often feel we would love to make a change if it's not worth a lack of willpower, etc. right? 
and we have there's a certain lack of grit and I think the concept of grit and resilience has actually been quite an upwards trend there's been an upwards trend in, in terms of kind of google searches for that kind of content and I just feel like if Pete you know we're one of the very few species on this planet that can design our environment the way we want it like I've got these bed sheets and I've got a bed at a certain height because I like it so and I've got my clock here and I've got my food there and I feel like if we spent more time just better designing our environments and our the cues and triggers around us, it wouldn't be so hard. Yeah. You know, so an example being for our clients, so many of them just don't like exercising, but they know that. So rather than trying to persuade themselves every morning to just slug it out, they go, well, do you know what? If I make an appointment of tea, I'll have to go. Yeah. Or if I, you know, if I, re I really, really love Nutella. So probably the worst thing for me is to have Nutella in my cupboard, waiting for me every time I open up that cupboard. So I guess the moral of the story is just, rather than trying to grit and like drag yourself through every single race in life, it's just try and design the obstacle course. Like we can do that sometimes. We can just flick some barriers out the way. Um, so I think, yeah, is maybe my, my the thing I'd like to eradicate is this almost like uber glamorization of like willpower and grit. And maybe just being a bit more intelligent about what you actually expose yourself to. Yeah. I'm actually going to stay with you and then ask you, because I think this is related then. So what are the three most important lessons of your career? This can be collectively yes. or personally. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is... I think, like, really fortunately, given the kind of work we do, like, we've been really really fortunate to be intimately exposed to like real real top top leaders mm. uh, so we've been so so lucky to like learn little lessons and if there's one thing one like one person once said to me um and it was it's so simple it's scary it's like just don't work or do business with people you don't like and it kind of goes back to a point you made earlier where you know you talk about joe wicks and he, he was saying no to a partnership and you and yourself with us like and it's why we're doing this today. It's as simple as we'd like you. We think what you're doing is cool. Let's find a way to work together. And the same with clients, like, you know, P PT, a PT client relation. If you don't actually genuinely get along and bind to each other, it won't work. Mm. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to sometimes not try and force an unnatural connection. Um, and to just actually double down on those connections you do have, just work with those you really do connect with you empathize with you feel their values are, are worth driving um worth collaborating like everything with. in life you know i'm always i'm preaching this concept of you know checking your circle like yes yeah, have really a circle that's empowering but also something that you can be vulnerable with and really your circle should be miniature and yeah. i remember you know when i first got into fitness and i did have a personal trainer and he was actually online so actually that's funny i just clocked that he was on this game three years ago um but you know and he he literally like would really empower me and he became one of the people in my small knit circle and i think you have that decision and that choice to allow those people into that space and it's really important to make sure you've got the right people around you to encourage you you know so yeah i completely yeah. agree with that I think there'd be loads I'd want to say personally, but I feel like because all three of us had 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 such good exposure, I think it might be worth maybe getting one from me. So that's my one. Just double down on the people you like, spend more time with them, do more business with them, collaborate more often, 
socially, personally, professionally, um, I think you'd find you'd get a lot more done and the quality of that work was it it will scream so much louder. Yeah. Louder. Well, I'm actually gonna jump to this question for Sam because I think this is related. Um so what advice would you give for a personal trainer in this season? And I would I instead of kind of just asking that generally, I want to go straight to this concept of does the advice that you would give someone now differ to what you would have said before? Or do you think it's, you know, pretty similar? I'm really, really glad that you asked me that question because uh, I used to be a manager of a gym. I used to look after, I think it was like 22 personal trainers that used to have there, which is a really interesting job role because you're essentially managing people who manage clients, right? <laughs> which is quite interesting. And I do kind of miss that a little bit um nowadays so obviously it's just us three but I'm, the dream is to have that big team again all working in harmony um so again hopefully five six years that might be the case yeah. but in answer to your question of what advice i'd give a trainer right now is i think it's like yes exercise fitness keeping strong and healthy is really important right now and everyone's in the same boat whereby they can't go to the gym or their classes all they have is their home. If they're incredibly lucky, they've got a home gym. Yeah. Um, and if they're incredibly lucky, they're near a park as well, right? That they can go running in. Um, but I'd, I'd actually say that as a personal trainer, you often will see a client at the same times each week. So you might see John Smith Monday at 7 a.m., Wednesday, 7 a.m., Friday, 7 a.m. And you're actually a little bit of consistency in their week. They come to see you at that consistent time and they've just had that removed. And they've also come to you to try and help overcome a challenge that they didn't have the knowledge to know how to overcome themselves, which is get in shape and get themselves fit and strong or lose some weight. So they look to you for a lot of support. And I think it's right now, it's not undervaluing how strong a influence you are on people's lives mm. and I think if you if you're messaging your clients and they're not getting back to you or your clients aren't doing the programs that you've been sending them just don't worry just be there for them because right now that could be enough yeah it's just I think right now it's we've had to really sort of scale things back and go right into our sort of like deep internal layers because this is a this is a global pandemic that hasn't hit than the globe for a hundred years. I think the last one was like 1918 or something like that after the second world war or something like that. Yeah. Um, this is a once in a lifetime situation. And whilst, yeah, like I say, exercise is really, really important. Just being a really decent human being is really important right now. And I'd, if I could encourage all trainers to think like that, I think you'd change a lot of people's lives for the better and more so than when we were in the gym. Um, before this all happened, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. For sure, I agree. Um, so I'm actually gonna I'm gonna play with my questions a bit, and I'm gonna finish our official like interview with Dan, and I'm gonna ask you, Dan, what are your top tips for each pillar? And I think maybe let's just do one tip for each pillar. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know um, that's hard. Yeah, I've got to whistle it down a little bit. So I would just say that each pillar 
has their minimum kind of minimum standards to them. Right, that's nice. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of go go for your minimum standards for the exercise. There is we we've got this thing called chase the ace. So three things that we really value in terms of exercises: adherence, consistency, and effort. They're three things that almost no matter what not not necessarily no matter what the program is, but no program will work for you if you don't bring those things, three things to the table. So yeah, chase the ace, adherence, consistency, and effort. Um, nutrition, this is quite a difficult one because it depends on your goals, really. But I would say a big one is just whole foods. Just eat real food. As we've got, a, there's a strength coach out in America called Dan Jong, and he says, eat like an adult, <laughs> not like a child. As in, just kind of just just get the you you know everyone knows what what the processed stuff is the sweet processed stuff that we all love so we have a bit of an 85 percent 15 percent rule 85 percent of your intake should be from whole foods we allow the 15 percent because we're all human we like a glass of wine we like a, a square of dark chocolate you know whatever it is um but it gives you that flex or or a whole or a whole yeah exactly like a whole bar of dairy milk um it gives you that flex it allows you that flex but there's also that discipline of you know whole foods that's really really important for loads of things weight um and just general health your body just just thrives on it um restoration and recovery our big staple is no less than six hours sleep and night consistently if you get less than six hours a night consistently that is chronic sleep deprivation. And that's not a good thing because a lot of other things, it's almost the cascade effect. As I mentioned before, physically and mentally, you start to just break down. You're not able to recover well enough. Um, so that's, that's the big one, just not getting consistently less than six hours. Um, mindset, this is a big one. This is, this is quite a difficult one. Have a goal. Mm. Have, you know, we're like GPS systems. We need to know where we are and we need to know where we're going in order to get going. Just, I mean, the goal doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be a goal. And it has to be, be a, a, um, your idea of what better is, right? So that's the, the, and then you create that goal and then suddenly the world almost aligns itself towards that, where that our, our kind of, our outlook, our consciousness almost thrives off of that. So just, just have a goal. And another one for mindset is we, we ask when people do come to us with a goal, we ask why that's their goal. So we try and find their deep, what we call their deeper why. So any, any deep why can overcome any how. In that if that's aligned, if, if your deeper why is aligned with your goal, then you're just an unstoppable force. I mean, that's, that's where the, you know, the, the titans of industry are made is because they, they have a real sense of purpose and a real sense of why they're doing what they're doing. And, you know, the, 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 the likelihood that they'll achieve that goal is a lot better. And, and just make it a big, hairy, audacious goal as well. Make it as, like, ludicrous as, as, as you can think of because, you know, if you, you shoot for the stars, you will at least end up at the moon. You'll, you'll get somewhere. Um, so, that yeah, that, that'll be my... They're, they're kind of my minimum standards. Yeah. Sorry, just one more time. I'm sorry, I'm so bad at interrupting. <laughs> to, not to double down, but to triple down Dan's last point on the why. 
every so how we put into practice is everyone who works with us during the consultation process when we ask them why we ask why again and we ask why a third time so we literally try and dig like three like layers deep into their why because like dan just said when you really get hold of what your true genuine why is and it's often not what you first think it is once you grab hold of that and you, you're you become very assured on what that is and what that means to you and to those around you boy like like motivation like you know yeah it's, it's we don't just ask why once or twice we ask it thrice yeah love it i'm just going to repeat what you said because it my um yeah classic you know internet problems used to be not a first world problem and now everybody's uh in the same situation so they have <laughs> not first world problems um so basically tiago was sharing with us how when they have clients in they ask them why they are working out or what their motivation is three times to really get to the deep core of what it actually means to them I think that's great. I think I'm going to ask my team, why are you an ambassador? Why? Why? Um, it's a lot more difficult than you think. It takes a lot of self-reflection and it's, and it's tough. Like people get, people almost get defensive. They, they come in with a goal and you ask them why and they sort of come up with an idea. You ask them why again, they just go, why do you keep asking me these questions? Because they just get, they get almost, yeah, as I said, a little bit defensive, but hopefully it just initiates a thought process. Mm-hmm. And it, they don't have they don't have to come up with the answer straight away, as long as they're thinking about it. Yeah. And then they'll and then they might get a revelation. I don't know, but something might might snap, and and that's great. Amen to that. I live for revelations. Yeah. Uh, so um, that was so good. I loved that. Oh my gosh, so many wonderful things out of it, and I feel like I've had a scientific lesson at the same time of you know learning the joys and how you've coped as, um, you know, personal trainers and how you've really, you know, just bounced through. And I'm not going to say back yet because I don't believe that there's been that much of a thing for you to bounce back. I just believe you're bouncing through this season. So I think it's really commendable. I really take my hat off to you and I just think it's so inspiring. And I think a lot of people can are going to learn a lot from this podcast. So I'm just, yeah, mad, mad, mad grateful. Um, so at Model Me, we like to finish with five quick fire questions that are all about education, empowerment, and community, because obviously that's our three kind of core values at Model Me. Um, So I think I'll start with Dan. Dan, what is the most empowering thing that someone has ever said to you? That you can. Ooh. I think, I think, I think we, as kind of human beings, we almost limit ourselves quite a lot. We get in our own way. And I think just someone having the confidence in you to say no you can do that or and I think that came from well Sam and Tiago looking at my work beforehand and going no you could do that and me not necessarily believing it initially Mm. but I think that is really quite empowering and and that and and they they handed over that kind of responsibility almost it's like this is our baby that we've been working on and we think that you can add to that and we believe that you can that was for me really, really empowering. So um, that's Love it. would be it. That's a good one. And then to link straight from that, I'm going to go to Sam and ask you: How do you keep yourself inspired? Um. So Tiago will laugh here because I like to read a lot of um, things into like spirituality, and um, I think 
for me, it's like an, an acknowledging that we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And it's that search for a deeper sense of purpose that isn't measured really gives me a lot of drive and purpose. And I think we actually made, Tiago made a comment about uh, adapting your environment. I mean, I think that's a really human trait that we have. And I do think that, so I'm very disciplined and regimented in my uh, normal day. I wake up, make my bed, get my clothes on, you know, groom myself. I think that stuff, those little things make a massive difference and set the day ahead. And I think if, if everybody um, looked at life in that respect, I think we'd be able to create a bit of order and the chaos that is life. And I think that's a really important thing. Mm. Oh, I like that one. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Making notes as I go. Um, okay, so Tiago, I'm going to go back to a question that I had before that links really well to this. So um, who right now is really inspiring you? Like, what is it that you're really paying attention to that you're just like bewildered by like, oh my gosh, that is insanely amazing? It's going to go so corny. So, so corny. It's okay. I we think, can go corny. I think the boys, I think, I think just the boys. Um, that is there so- are definitely like, I mean, you know, you mentioned keeping your your kind of circle of influence quite small. Mm. I definitely live on that extreme. Like um, my circle of influence in terms of those who influence me are, is quite small. And um, just seeing how everyone else has, has, has kind of reacted and how positive we've all been and um, how aligned we've all been. I think that's what I really need from time being, to be honest. Um, yeah. I'm quite a big believer in... Um, my girlfriend's got this phrase, um, and I think it's a really, I think it's a really, really cool phrase. It's just, just row your own boat and not worry about everyone else's boats. And I think sometimes when looking for like sources of inspiration outside, I think you forget like already in and amongst you, there's really amazing sources of inspiration. So um, I'm very accountable to others, much more than to myself. So yeah, I get kind of get inspiration from the other two and just trying to keep myself accountable to them. Nice. Um, I want to share my sensitive side a little bit as well, T, if that's all right. <laughs> I, saw no. some, I saw something on Thursday, so just before Easter started, which I thought was really, really beautiful. And I was out in my garden watering my pots. It's been quite hot, isn't it? It's been sunny. Yeah. And um, I noticed that someone, one of my neighbours was playing um, like some instruments. It must have been like, uh, I don't know, four or five people lived in a house. A uh, little band together, and it was really, really beautiful. They were singing "One Love." I mean, what a song to sing right now! Oh, so nice. So I ran inside. I got Saskia, my uh, wife, and uh, opened up the uh, window. We started listening to it. Noticed that everyone on the street was doing the same, and it was all quiet. And I was like, "That is really, really amazing! Like how connected we all are in this situation." And then, because it was Thursday night, this is about seven thirty. Listening for about ten to fifteen minutes, closed off, and then went to have some went to have some dinner, and then it was eight o'clock, and everyone went out and started clapping, and I was like, "What? This is the most connected we've ever been." And so there's really like a lot of beauty in this situation, and for me, I do think that if it can help us realise that actually being connected to each other is better, and that we're not stuck in our own individual um, headspace fumbling our way through life and that we're connected to 
great things. I think it's a, it could be a really beautiful time. Yeah, I completely you know? agree. Mm. I, I even this morning when I, you know, I told you I did my run. So I, when I ran to Canary Wharf, I ran past someone cleaning the streets, like, you know, someone that, where that's their actual job and they have one yeah. of those trolleys. And I ran past him and I was like, I'm sure I saw him the other day. Anyway, didn't think anything of it. And I just kind of, we didn't really see each other because I came up behind. And then, you know, it must've been, I don't know, half an hour later, I was running back the other way and he was further away from me, but on the same side of the road again, but I don't know, maybe seven meters this time instead of like just two. And um, I ran past him and he like looked and he knew it was me. And I like waved and I was like, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> he like said something and I didn't hear him, but I just, I and again, I was like, happy Friday. And I waved again, and he waved back and it was so sweet. And I, I just made sure then when I stopped running and I then walked my two kilometers home, like I told you, Every person that I saw that I walked past, I either smiled at or I said good morning. And especially if it was someone working, like cleaning the streets, I, I literally stopped and looked at them and went, good morning, have a really great day. And they were like, oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> so the other were like, I was startled. Um, How un-British of you. I know. <laughs> it was and it really just, for me, you know, obviously, like I told you, I'm on my own. So for me, it brought me so much like, oh, joy. <laughs> Humans, I love humans. Um, and so I really, I love that story that you just shared. And I, yeah, that's definitely something that I would hold dear to myself as well. I think it's just incredible, you know, watching how people are coming together and we are human beings. We're made for relationship. You know, we did events in February where, uh, about relationships, about business, fitness, and um, relationships with food and also um like intimate and personal relationships. And one of the things that ran through my whole head in February was that we're made for a relationship. And then this happens in March and I'm like, Lord, you told me that I'm made for a relationship. <laughs> what <laughs> is this? But, you know, it, it's a different way of relationship really more than ever. And I think that's just what we have to get used to. Um, I'm so glad you just shared that story. That's so nice. Um, so I think my final question then is for Dan. What advice would you give your younger self? I love this question so much. My goodness. Um, there is, so this is quite personal to me. I'm not going to say that this is for everyone. Um, there's, a, there's a phrase that is quite common in a gym, which is leave your ego at the door. In that, you know, people, people ego lift. So they think they can lift more than they can, for example. They end up injured, they end up hurting themselves. I think that for me, it was the first time you try anything, you're gonna suck, mm. but that's okay. Like the first time I, I, I do anything, I'm not gonna be very good at it. And, and, it's, and it's accepting that, it's that acceptance of that fact. I think a lot of people get caught up in their own kind of egos. They think they should be good at everything. They should think they should be perfect. Mm -hmm. They think that everything they, t they touch should turn to gold because they see everyone else doing the same thing, but they only see the top of the pyramid. They never see, well, sorry, the iceberg. They only see the tip of the iceberg and never, never anything underneath it, all the hard work that's gone in it. So I would say to my own self, get, just get out of your own way. Get your ego out of your way. Understand that the first time you do something, it's not going to be very good, and that's fine but just kind of believe in yourself to learn and to get better and to evolve. Um, I think another one is 
I think we're, I think we have a, we have a feeling of engagement. And I think you know it when you're in it, in that time seems to not be an issue. Time goes really quickly and you're fully engaged in something, whether that be music or whether that be, you know, any kind of passion of yours, I think you experience that. I think use that as a gauge to kind of guide you in that if you can get to that position and get to that place where time seems to stand still and you're just fully engaged and your whole, it's, it's almost feels as if your whole body's involved in it, your whole entity is involved in it. Use that, use that as a guiding force and, and follow it. I think that's really, really important. It's a really kind of innate um, sense that we have. Uh, so I think, I think use it and I don't think you can go too far wrong if, if you do. I so love they would be two things. And I totally agree. It, you've made me realize that was the thing that drove me to, you know, run 6k the other day and run 10k today. It was, it was that mm. I was so engaged with what I was doing at mm. that time. I wasn't thinking about anything else apart yeah. from running to that next kilometer, how nice and pretty is, you know, spring right now, you know, there's no people around, like, well, it's a bit creepy, mm. but actually it was quite nice yeah. run and no one's watching me. <laughs> um, I think, I think people find that when they exercise, I think people enter that space. Yeah. They, they, they almost enter that space of, and that's where I think the people love that go, love to go running because it almost clears their mind. Everything, everything kind of just fades to the background and they're, they're focused on this one task yeah and i think just, just use that as a guide it's really important yeah gosh i never thought i would be saying i'm about to be a runner but <laughs> i am driven by that thought right now it's so nice um okay this was amazing i absolutely enjoyed it so much we said at the beginning we would try and keep it like a 45 minute 50 minute chat but like halfway through i was like nah it's not gonna be that short and i don't even care because i'm learning so much and if i'm learning loads then i know that i'm not going to be the only person that listens to this and also you know we have three incredibly um just giving men and I also love how vulnerable you each have been in this because I think we're in a time and an age where we just need to you know accept that that's a part of you know women have a vulnerability to them but they also have a strength to them where they can be a, a boss babe you know that some people might kind of confuse for being a raging feminist um but yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a raging feminist if you do it in a way that preaches equality and preaches um happiness and you know good things for both genders like i i'm so for the equality argument um and i'm so against the negative feminism argument so i really love that that has driven through to this as well because for me the fact that you've all been vulnerable and you've shared things that are you know obviously intimate things and close personal things really just it just speaks volumes for the kind of um men that we should be looking to for inspiration so i'm really really um honored to be honest that you guys have all let yourself go to a place where you would share that on here and i'm just so thankful um i just want one of you to run down um you know your socials how we can stay in touch with you like the website the instagram the facebook etc is that um where is that this let's say you run that down no no sam sam you do <laughs> uh yeah so we have um our instagram handle which is common purpose club we're also common purpose club on facebook uh, we're on linkedin too and we do also have a youtube channel 
Uh, again, all common purpose club. Um, and then if anyone wants to inquire about personal training, uh, it's hey at commonpurposeclub.co.uk. And again, you can inquire through our website, which is www.commonpurposeclub.co.uk. Amazing. Um, I would like to quickly add, I'm aware that today we spoke much more about like us as people and the common purpose and it's, and it's kind of meaning and purpose. But yeah, definitely, I would really strongly encourage you to check out the Instagram, particularly, which is, which is where we're posting a lot more of like our really informative content. So much more about, much less about us, much more about what we know and how we mm. can help. So um, yeah, um, we're making, as, as we said, we are, are making a massive effort over the next over this period to look at the silver line and see this as an opportunity to kind of mind dump common purpose onto social. Yeah, it's cool. And just put it down. Yeah, no, I love your social. I love what you're doing right now. I remember I tried to share something the other day and I was like, why can't I share it? And got really annoyed about it. So I think I texted you and was like, oi, why can't I share it? but yeah, I was, I was like super passionate about making sure that people knew this. So yeah, it was quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much, guys. I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed this and how refreshing it has been. And the tips I have made pages of them. Um, <laughs> and I'm just honestly so grateful. I love how you're all striving in this um, season. And I just can't wait. To, I can't wait to see you guys, man. I can't wait to have that new normal lifestyle where I can see my human friends in person um but very grateful for this so thank you so much and thank you to everybody for listening and for taking your time out um i hope you've been inspired in some shape way or form to find your own way to thrive in this season and i just want to reach out personally and say that if you are struggling then please don't feel like you're ever on your own because you're not on your own that is just um what the darkness of the world wants to try and convince you and it's just not true. I think this is really a season for us to really come into ourselves and really understand who we are, what we're doing, what our purpose is and and learn what the meaning of rest is when you're when living in a world that rest is not encouraged. I think now more than ever, we need to encourage it. So you can find Model Me on Instagram. It's model underscore me. Our website is modelmemission.co.uk and we will be doing these podcasts Maybe more, maybe not. We've got something really exciting coming up. So um, keep an eye on our socials for that. We mainly use Instagram for everything, but I'm just so grateful to all of you for listening. Stay safe, stay home, um, and find ways to really seek um, on how to prosper in this season because there can be so many serious silver linings. So thank you, Common Purpose Club. Um, And thank you for listening. Bye.